It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. As Teddy would say, who is that? That is Josh Pate of uh, 24-7 Sports. We like to uh, play his takes on this here radio show, and that's his opinion of uh, OU and Brent Venables going into the season. He said eight wins minimum um, is kind of where he's thinking for this football team. Is that fair? And, of course, I ask you that. I ask the text line that. Like, eight wins wins being the floor, is that like a fair expectation for this team after what happened last year? I think it's – I think it's low simply because of the schedule. Uh, we bring it up. You, I think it is wildly irresponsible to start talking win totals without going game by game on the schedule. And I would, I would really ask, and, and Josh Pate, it, for my money, is the, the best in the national game. National-wise, podcast-wise, college football-wise, he is the best that there is right now. His show is awesome. But I would ask Josh, and I might actually message him and ask him, what what four losses, if he had to pick four losses out of you know Oklahoma schedules this year, what would they be? I would venture to guess that he would probably say Texas, because uh, yep. I know he's a little bit higher on them than most, um, and it would be it would be it's the most obvious pick that you and I would say as well. Um, past that, I would need him to show me three more. Well, I think even coming up with the second loss, and I'm not saying that they're just slam dunk going to go 11 and one, but like the the point is, is like okay, well, if I think that they're going to go 10 and two, if someone said, okay, show me that second loss, like I, I guess it goes to the question, what's the second toughest game this year? And that's that's one that's really tough to to answer, honestly. Um, I'm not necessarily high on Oklahoma State's. So I don't think that's the second toughest game, though you do go to Stillwater. Um, I talked to the BYU uh, color radio analyst earlier this week, and he said, long way to go, brother, talking about BYU. I mean, on paper, maybe TCU's the the second-best team. But, yeah, I I don't know what Josh Pate would say because outside of Texas being in the answer, and I guess that's the obvious answer, like I'm just still hesitant on them being any sort of really good this year, but – yeah, it, it would be hard to come up with lost two or three, or not maybe not hard, but to to identify like the second and third toughest games of the, on the schedule. I, I I don't know where to start on that one. I, I don't know where to I don't know where to start on two or three. I I mean, getting to four would be impossible. If if you and I just we would have to. I don't know. I don't know what you and I would do if we if we had to say okay, what's the fourth hardest game on the schedule? Like we we would really have to dig at that because. It could be any number of – it could be any game. It could be SMU. I wouldn't pick a non-conference game, I'll tell you that much. I would probably pick four road Big 12 games would be my guess, but it's not like they were awesome at home last year or anything, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, they lost a couple of home games. So, I, I don't know, man. And, and, again, I don't say that as to say, like, there's no way that they don't go 11-1 next year. Like, this team's got to improve on a lot. It just goes to the overall point that we seemingly say every single day, like the schedule is just not, it's not great. It's not very good. In the ever-evolving, and I'm not writing this down, but I think it's important we continue to maintain this conversation throughout the offseason. Are you, are you, or just right now, 
in April. Are you nine win, ten win, kind of in that in that range of that kind of being the floor of the season? Oh, the like the absolute floor. So we're saying like worst case scenario. How many wins do I think that they have? Um, yeah, I would probably agree with Pate on that. Like if if like, absolute worst case scenario happens, and I as of right now, like that that would be some pretty bad things to happen. Yeah, I guess worst case um, scenario is like multiple yeah. starters, multiple key starters hurt. If you get Bowman, eight, eight, Stutzman, eight and, and Dylan Gabriel hurt, then sure. Yeah, eight and four, I guess, would probably be my floor. Like uh, like like Pate. What about you? I can talk myself into nine if I had to. Like, I, I just, again, looking at the schedule, I, I don't see four games. Like I said, I see two or three for sure. But when you look at last year, we we, we solved some, some issues with depth because we had terrible depth and terrible experience issues last year. We're getting more experience, and we've got better depth. We won't lose all those one-score games because that's not how typically football works. You typically don't lose – you typically don't go fully defeated, winless in close games. It's not how it works. And our schedule gets significantly easier. So I would I would say nine is the absolute floor. But that's, again, without, like, Bowman, Stutzman, Downs, um, Rame, Javante, Farouk, and Dylan Gabriel all missing a game, the same game. Uh- Zane says, hey, would it help our improvement or hurt it for us to have Georgia on the schedule? Yeah, <laughs> supposed to have Georgia on the schedule next year in week two. You don't. You've got SMU instead. Um, I think it could hurt your record. <laughs> would it help your improvement? I think that there's something to going through the offseason and knowing that, oh, boy, like we've got a big-time football game coming up in, 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 in week two. So not, not to say that they wouldn't work. They won't work hard in the offseason because seemingly they have three games that they should win in the non-con. But I think it is human nature that you think about that Georgia game throughout the offseason. I, I think it would help improvement if they were to play that Georgia game. I think any time that you play really good football teams, that helps your improvement. And Georgia's no exception, even though they're going to be really good again this year. Yeah, and, and what what do you have to lose? Everybody expects you to get smoked in, in year two of Brent Venables with the back-to-back national champion in week two, you know what I mean? Like, get, at least use it as a measuring stick. I mean, we're talking about when we enter the SEC, I think you and I share the same belief that you want a heavy hitter with that welcome to the SEC, right? I don't want Missouri. Yeah, 100%. Uh, text from the 918 says, one aspect we haven't talked about, how fired up are you about this schedule? I appreciate the text. We have talked about this. One out of ten, says this texter. I'm at a one because <laughs> it's a joke. The players probably feel the same way. When you play the best, it brings the best out in you. Yeah. The schedule is not that. Agree on all fronts. Yeah, the home schedule is not great. How fired up am I about the schedule? Um, it's pretty low. Like the, the exciting things about this schedule to me are the opportunity to go to two places that I've never been to before. Um, I am excited to go to the BYU game in November. We'll see if my expectations are met with that trip to Provo. And, yeah, I'm somewhat interested in going to Cincinnati. I don't think for a second it's going to be like going to Neyland Stadium on a Saturday night or anything. Um, I don't love the schedule. I don't think anyone does, including OU. I can stomach it just a tad bit more. Not much, Travis, but just a tad bit more. 
because I know what's about to happen uh, here moving forward with the schedule. And what we're talking about moving forward is I don't think that we're ever going to have to complain about a home schedule potentially ever again in the SEC. Right. Right. You do have that bit of, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Uh, I mean, some may say it's a train that's coming straight for you um, at the end of that tunnel. But, hey, it's a light nonetheless. So, obviously, I, I think, Tyler, what what you said was perfect. I mean, it's very much Provo is kind of what stands out. Cincinnati stands out a little bit. And I think what's important, at least for me, is I'm not – I'm like the success of those trips, for me at least – isn't hinging on how cool the stadium is, right? Isn't hinging on, you know, whatever. I want to go to Provo because it looks go- – the mountains next to it look gorgeous. The Just the scene of college football that we haven't really been able to enjoy. And then Cincinnati, hey, got one of my favorite distilleries right across the Ohio River right there. So, you know, catch in a little bourbon trail with a college football weekend. Are you kidding me? So, I mean, I think it's the maybe – Maybe the extracurricular events outside of the specific football game is what's propping up the Cincinnati trip and yeah. the Provo trip. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not the football. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. Uh, 405, eight wins. Ain't good enough. Uh, Gunny says I need to see a minimum of ten wins. I've said that a thousand times already, but I agree with that. What is the second toughest game on the schedule? I mean, it, it is Texas. Texas is the most important. I think it will be the toughest. But what's what's number two? It's, it's got to be TCU, isn't it? I mean, maybe I mean, T, TCU on a short week, Thanksgiving. I just don't know how. I, I don't know how good TCU is going to be this year. I'm. I mean, I I feel confident in saying that they're not going to be as good as they were a year ago after losing a Thorpe winner, a Davy O'Brien Award winner. And then what? Probably a first-round wide receiver. I mean, yes, T- TCU's got talent, and they got some talent via the portal, but they're not going to replace those guys. I think TCU will probably be like an eight or nine win football team. T- like, tell me how good Chandler Morris is next year. Like, if he's really good, then TCU's got a chance to to go back to the Big Twelve championship game. Like, and, and here's the thing, man. I I would throw TCU in that mix. I might throw BYU in that mix only because Travis off of an extended forecast that we don't even have right now. Could BYU be the second <laughs> toughest game on the schedule because it could be really cold and, like, snowy out in Provo? Like, that's what we're kind of talking about here. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? It, it, it's funny because you, you spoke with the BYU radio guy, right? Yeah, I did a story for Barrett Sports Media that will be out tomorrow, and he was uh, very, very surprised that OU fans were – as excited as I think we are to go to Provo. He's like, what, really? Huh? Yeah, wow, okay, that, that, that surprises me. Did you Which then tell think, him? Like, are you guys hiding some secrets out there? Is it not as cool as we think? Uh-oh, should I rethink this thing? <laughs> Did you then tell him, yeah, the conference you're going to has <laughs> awful, <Yeah. laughs> awful road games. Uh. Which, you know, sure, it's been fun. Like, I thought Ames was a lot of fun. Like, there, there, there's, some, there's some charm in some Big 12 towns. I mean, not in places like Stillwater or Lubbock by any means, but there's some charm elsewhere in the conference, no doubt. I like Lawrence a lot. It's 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 a fun town to travel to. Uh, you're typically not treated to that exciting of a game there. But, but, yeah, it doesn't compare to what we're going to. With BYU, they they may, if, if, if they're saying that they're 
football games shouldn't be a destination. Ooh, they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. Um, can you think of a more – so, like, the, you mentioned all the reasons, like, the Provo is going to be a cool trip or at least sounds like a cool trip. Is there going to be more of a drastic difference in road trips, like going from Provo this year to, to like take your pick in the SEC? Like, is that about as opposite as it gets in college football, going from BYU to several SEC road games? I feel like it might be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's – I mean, we've talked about it, you know, especially around the time of the announcement, you know, which ones we're most excited about and everything like that. And, and you know, mate. Maybe BYU's maybe BYU's excited to just go to con- some consistent away environments, being independent. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're like, "Oh man, we'll actually be able to kind of get used to this." But I mean, I think we, Tyler, I think you and I are in agreement that we're pretty much stoked about everywhere, but maybe Starkville. Uh, yeah, and even right now, Starkville sounds kind of awesome compared to well, compared what to, we've been yeah. going through the, the past few years, but <laughs> yeah. it's probably not going to be as awesome here in about two or three years' time. Someone asked about Kansas. Um, is there a chance the KU game could be sneaky? Well, I, there's a thought that... They've got a good quarterback. Well, they might have the best quarterback in the Big 12, and if that is true, then as crazy as it sounds, and maybe it doesn't sound as crazy because they actually played in a bowl game last year, that... Yeah, if Kansas continues to make strides and Jalen Daniels is even better than last year, there is a world where Kansas and Lawrence could be your second toughest game this year. I mean, that, that that's a world it, – it's at least in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's – and I think part of it, Tyler, is just the unknown, right? Like, we have no idea what TCU is going to be. We at least know that Kansas has, is going to be one of the better quarterbacks that you're going to face, right? So – you know, you don't really know what's OSU going to be this year with Alan Bowman and and all of their departures from the portal. I mean, what are they going to be? What is, uh, you know, what's what's Iowa State going to be? What's Baylor going to be? Is Aranda going to get it back on track? You know, you assume so. I'm a big Aranda fan. I believe we share that um, opinion on him. So I think there's just so much unknown in the yeah, Big 12 is. that when you look at Kansas, at least you can say, hey, look, we don't know much about all these teams. What we do know is Kansas has a good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't play that audio clip, but Pate had another one basically saying, you know, OU really needs a good year this year to have, you know, not to be wobbly going into the SEC. They don't need to be 6-7 and seven again and trying to uh, compete year one in the SEC with a coach that could be on a hot seat if that's the case. Um, and I agree with that. But, like, from from today until game one in the SEC – if we're talking about things that OU really needs to improve on as a football team, is it just interior defensive line is the biggest thing? Like, they got to get bigger, faster, stronger as a football team. I understand that. But are we talking about interior defensive line where OU needs to get, like, in a hurry the, the best at before their first game in that league? Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, you know, I would, I would probably – I would probably second if if I if I got a one and a two. I think one would be interior defensive line, and I think second would be backers. Uh, I, I think I think if you have really really, especially in Venable system, if you have elite linebacker play, I think it I think it makes everything just kind of flow a little bit more freely. And we saw that at times last year. You know when when the linebackers were really tuned in. 
We played really good defense, but it's just we had no depth behind them. So you got these guys playing 80, 90 snaps, and that's why we saw so many fourth-quarter long drives just kind of kind of, you know, choke us out a bit at the end of games. Yeah. Uh, 319 says, Starkville is like Ames or Stillwater. Only thing in town. Take the university out, and it's not a town at all. 405-651-3439. More Norman Technology Center is where I'm at today. MNTC.edu. More college football next right here on The Ref. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Cavens Construction. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Call Cavens at 405-473-3048 or in Tulsa, 918-282-7612 or visit CavensConstruction.com. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComish, Travis Davidson. I am at the Moore Norman Technology Center, mntc.edu, where their mission is preparing for success, changing lives, and building better tomorrows. We're here for their uh, signing day event coming up tonight. So all the new students, they are going to uh, show up for uh, basically an orientation here, and they're going to put on the hat. Uh, college football recruiting style tonight. So that, that'll be uh, pretty cool getting started here. After 6 p.m., more Norman Technology Center. Again, that's mntc.edu. Travis, did you see the impromptu Drake Stoops appreciation post or Drake Stoops appreciation day that we're having on the uh, KREF Sports account on Twitter? Uh, no, I did not see that. Did not, yeah. Uh, so it is the 12th day of the month. Let's have an impromptu Drake Stoops Appreciation Day. Ah. What's been Drake's greatest contribution to OU during his career? You tell me which of these you like the best. Uh, this one says, besides his big-time catches on the field, him showing others they can walk on, play and practice hard, earn playing time, and ultimately a scholarship. Sooner Keith says all that guy does is catch anything thrown his way. We're fortunate to have him coming back for another season. J.R. Brown says coming back this season and mentoring the young wide receiver group. Uh, secondly, the touchdown catch in OT versus Texas. The best is yet to come this season. Brooks says stability, uh, dependability, like father, like son. Which of those out of the four you like the best? I would I would have to go with the leadership aspect. You've heard it from everybody, right? I mean, you've heard it from guys last year that came in with L.V. Bunkley Shelton, with J.J. Hester. You're already hearing it um, this year from uh, even guys like Andrew Anthony. And, and, and they all have the same thing to say, that he's just been, you know, nothing but a pro uh, on and off the field, been teaching them, you know, talking about how to get to certain classes they don't know, this, that, and the other, like, it's. I think that is an invaluable piece of a football team that you need to have in a locker room. Uh, consistency is probably the nicest thing or the greatest contribution, I would say, for Drake Stoops. Like, I do think there's something to, you know, he's never been the best player on the team. But, you know, I think that there is a leadership aspect that he's bringing to the offense this year. But he's just consistent, man. You know, um, someone said catches everything his way. Like, you don't see – I just don't feel like we've seen a whole lot of drops recently from Drake Stoops. In fact, Travis, we've seen more acrobatic plays a la the Bedlam game 
or the shoeless touchdown against Kent State. We've seen more of those types of like the incredible, like really like big time plays than we have he misses on the easy stuff. Like you can always count on Drake seemingly to come up with the easy stuff. Yeah, and and being reliable in that role obviously is massive. I think that the Kent State play is probably my favorite of his like just if I were to carve out and not think situationally and whatnot, I get that it was Kent State. But my favorite of his career, the shoe off backhanded pylon reach. And Pretty if sweet. you remember, that was a that was a night game with the lights going crazy. So you know, when you look back in OU history of night touchdowns, that's one of the first to actually have the light show happen afterwards. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's his legacy. He 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 brought us the light show uh, at <laughs> Owen Field. <laughs> yeah, that's what you know. That's what that's what we can claim. But but yeah, I think you know the guy's just been and and his. I guess his attention to the craft, because Drake Stoops has never been the fastest person on the team. He's obviously not the tallest. Um, you know, it's it, as far as the physical gifts, there there have been some that have come through while he's been there that have had greater physical tools. But, you know, to a man that you ask, especially in that secondary, they say, Drake runs the best routes. It's just simple as that. Drake, he runs the best routes. And running the best routes comes down to effort and time spent, you know, crafting your uh, crafting those routes. So I think that's a that's a perfect compliment to Drake Stoops being the best route runner because of course he is. Maybe the uh, best is yet to come for Drake this season. That could absolutely be the case, though. It's going to be tough to beat a uh, overtime touchdown to essentially beat Texas like he did mm-hmm. in 2020. But maybe mm-hmm. the, the best is yet to come. I feel like, see if you agree, Like I, I think his legacy is kind of already set in terms of he's going to be, I don't know if he'll be the most beloved sooner. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he's going to be a guy that's celebrated around here for quite some time. And obviously it helps that he is Bob's son, but I think even if you were to put that aside for a second, like just what he's accomplished coming in into the program as a walk-on, He's kind of like, we all know how OU fans think. Like, they love that tough, gritty type of player, you know, like the way that he plays, stuck it out here throughout his career. Um, You know, again, it makes all the easy stuff, has made some incredible plays and some big moments. But just kind of the way that he's went about his career is, you know, a a, a way that OU fans, like, they they, they like that style, you know. So it's always going to help his last name is Stoops. But – if you just remove that and just look at his career so far for what it is, like any time he ever comes back, the the, the crowd reception is going to be pretty loud. Uh, it, it, I think his legacy is pretty set in that regard. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, something basically that you touched on is he was able to get out from underneath the shadow kind of, oh, well, he's here because of his dad type situation. Like he was able to earn a scholarship, rightfully so and earn minutes rightfully so and what wasn't wasn't just given the opportunity um in in the minutes conversation because of his last name and that's probably the most impressive thing uh 405 it says dude is a jag (laughs) well travis by the measurables and maybe even by the speed numbers um you could maybe qualify him. Maybe you could have the take that he is just a guy, which is what Jag means. But that's kind of the thing is 
he doesn't have uh, overwhelming physical attributes, and he still carved out a career that I think most people can appreciate. Um, Big Rick in Owasso says blocking for Kennedy Brooks versus Texas. 918, Drake Stoops, future OU coaching staff. Uh, this from the 405, he's the shoeless wonder. Uh, another one from the 469, tough third down catches are something that can't be overlooked with Stoops. That's true. Like, I, I think that's another thing that people think of is just tough catches. Like, maybe he doesn't turn that into a, you know, 40 yards after the catch situation, but if it's a third and five, you, you can count on him to move the sticks for sure. Yeah, possession, possession type receiver. Yeah. Like he, like you said, he's not going to be the guy with the, with the Jets to, to take the top off the defense. Although against OSU, that one down by the goal line was nice. Uh, but when you, you know, when when you think of, hey man, you really just you need a third and four late in the game, or you need a, a fourth and five, you know, something like that, then odds are you're going to be looking his way. Not only does Drake Stoops make catches, he blocks like a beast on the edge. Uh, I mean, I think you just kind of alluded to that. That's that's a hundred percent. Gunny says, are we just going to yell stoops at Freeman after uh, every catch that he makes after he leaves? I, I think I said a couple weeks ago that we need to because it's the best indication as to how many OU fans are in the stadium at a uh, visiting place. Like Drake, well, Drake Stoops has given us that. Yeah, I, I will at least say while he's still on the team, while Drake is still on the team, anything Freeman does, you will get a stoops. But I, I do, <laughs> I do think when when he's off the team, I think I think Freeman deserves his own. You know, we can we can harmonize with free being the main. You know, okay. sound. We I can do can, something can like that. that because that would also be recognizable. Uh, I love Drake because he's a program guy from the nine one eight. Yeah, runs in the family there. With his work ethic, great catches, and great leadership, I would go as far as saying we would remember the Stoops name just because of him, even if his dad came here. Thoughts? Yeah, and that's kind of the point that I was making, is I think he's carved out his own legacy even without being attached to his dad. Um, Would we remember him if Bob Stoops was never the head coach here? Like, Travis, we would never have the conversation of Drake Stoops being one of the best wide receivers in the past 25 years, but... Would we remember Drake if his dad wasn't the head coach here? Like, yeah, absolutely, and that's probably the best compliment that we could give to him, like, especially right. under that shadow that he came in with. Exactly. Daniel exactly. and B. Daniel and Broken Arrow. One more. Drake will have a long career with the Patriots. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that seemingly the uh, the Patriots have had some nice uh, success in the past twenty five years or so with. Uh, uh, wide receivers of Drake Stoops' stature. That's that's pretty funny. Real lunch pail guy. First, Real lunch, first in, lunch last pail out. type of guy. Yeah, that's plays exactly. the game the right way. We 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 know the type there. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Keep it uh, keep it coming on the text line. We'll get to more of them coming up next. More college football on the other side. Keep it locked in the ref. The Ref Radio Sports <laughs> Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComish, Travis Davidson. Don't forget, spring game a week from Saturday, and we will be out and about on Campus Corner before and after the game. 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. We'll be at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner, so come by and see us before the game. And then... 
Come by and see us after the game as well because we'll be right back at Yo Pablo 4.30 to 6.30 for the uh, postgame show. So kickoff at 2.30 a week from Saturday, April 22nd, 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. at Yo Pablo. We are, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun out there. I, I still need to buy my uh, spring game tickets. I think I'm going to do that tonight. Um, I don't think that we're going to go with our regular season tickets for the spring game. Kind of fun sometimes to sit in different parts of the stadium that you don't normally yeah. get to. I am leaning towards the south end zone area. One, it looks pretty awesome there. I mean, it's like the, the, the newest addition to the stadium. Um, and two, I, I think it's a little, it, it's a good insurance policy to go to the one side of the stadium, not with the one side of the stadium, but go to the south end zone where there's at least like an awning and some covering just in case the uh, forecast that uh, only says 17% chance of rain if somehow there's some precip. So what do you think about that? Like I would, uh, I, I would love uh, from the text line if you've sat in the south end zone before for some reviews, but I think that could be a pretty good call for the spring game. Oh, here we go. Oh, don't want to get wet, you know. Better pick I my seats based on the seventeen percent chance. There was yes. a tornado watch last year, and we had seventy-five thousand people in there. But okay, fine. How about how about this? Uh, wear it. Wear something with a hood. Wear a jacket. Something like that. And I then know. you. I don't, and, I don't look good in a poncho. I don't know if I can pull it off, man. <laughs> and then uh, so. and then you can sit wherever you'd like. No, it's just really because, uh, like, the south end zone, I've never actually sat there for a game. Maybe we walked over there for a spring game a couple of weeks ago. It just, I don't know, it looks like a, a, it's a party over there, and I kind of want to be a part of that. I don't know if anyone else has sat over there before, but it, it actually looks pretty sweet. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, you do you do have uh, pretty well-put-together hairdo, so I imagine that would that would probably be affected by a poncho or the rain, so... Yeah, I, I get that. I, th- I think you should stay undercover. Uh, let's see. Philip from McAllister, I've sat with Miss Julie in the south end zone, and it was amazing. 405, the free food in the south end zone is great. It is a party. Sooner Gundy, I've sat in the south end zone several times, legit. So I, are these all like five-star Yelp reviews that we're getting for the south end zone? They're, they're really starting to sell me on this. I mean, free food, I'll see you there. I don't know if I'm going to buy a ticket or have a ticket that has free food attached with it. Probably not, but it it sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, it it does seem like you're going to be there even if there is zero percent chance of yeah, rain in I, the forecast I, now. I, there is awning. <laughs> like people on the text line are like, "Come on, suck it up." Wow, Tyler. First it was Teddy with the kids. And now uh, now you with the weather. Hey, at least I'm sitting out in the elements and not up in the press box, all right? I, I, I could if I wanted to. I'd rather sit out in the elements, sit out in the stands with the common folk. That's where I belong on game day. So I just wanted to try the south end zone for one game. But, geez, apparently I'm a bad fan for even thinking to do so. Jeez. <laughs> Tough You'd just be a bad today. dry fan. Tough crowd today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, South End Zone is a good time, says Oki Drink Slinger. Uh, trying to get our season tickets moved to the west side. We're in Section 32 now. Is it worth the move to the home side? Uh, I think the home side, the west side, is pretty sweet, yeah. It's it's the uh, it's the older crowd over there. I don't know yeah, if, that's, it certainly uh, is. if you're into that or not, but that's kind of what you get on the west side. Yeah, I haven't it, seen it... one negative. You've got the text line pulled up. 
Um, I haven't seen one negative review of the south end zone yet. And, and your end zone seats aren't normally your best vantage point to the field. In some cases, it's like the worst seat that you can have. But I'm glad to hear they've done such a nice job with the south end zone. It's No, it's just it's it's just negative reviews of, of Tyler. Oh, so we're common yes. folk from the yeah. 918. <laughs> yeah, I pay for, I pay for my uh, tickets. Yes, common folk. Recruiting Doomer 1, oh, west side is the best side. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, and, you know, it's – you know, you you got you don't have to look across and try and figure out, you know, what's going on on OU sideline. You can pretty much pay attention to that a little bit easier. If you're somebody that, you know, finds themselves, you know, kind of paying attention to that kind of stuff and body language and guys who are, have their helmet or don't have their helmet, all that kind of stuff is much easier from that side. Uh, my first game ever was in the south end zone, 82 rows up before the renovation. Hey, what if you're sitting on the uh, north side for the spring game? Do you take part in the uh, throwing the football over the stadium, or no way, that's crazy. We just we reserve that for the uh, visiting teams during the season. I, I didn't know if people needed to get practice or not. Yeah, like the, I think the, 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 the team needs spring ball. I didn't know what the fans in the north end zone need The fans spring need it practice. too, man. Man, you need to polish a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, you got to throw that ball over. And the uh, the uh, ball boys out there maybe need to they, they practice need to, like you play. <laughs> they, they need to practice and run outside the stadium. Practice like you play. And go retrieve those footballs. Um, Absolutely, they should be doing see. it right now. Yeah, no kidding. South end zone is good. I've never seen free food during the sp- spring game, but I always sit wherever I want. Uh, Julio says new South end is badass. Shorter lines, tickets in the shade. Uh, tickets to the shade, regardless of game time, and my seats will never move them, no matter how unpoor I become. Man, you uh, you're hard pressed to find consistent five star reviews on anything these days, and but it sounds like the South End Zone has that. Yeah, it 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 seems uh, to be the case. We get a from the four hundred five. Somebody uh, apparently wants to talk about combine all three Edmond schools we are a top three football school every year uh, this must be uh, going back uh, I don't know maybe that was a text that didn't send on another day but that was just wedged in with all of the south end zone praise so you know from the four six nine the north end zone is where the real fans sit during the season always the loudest portion of the stadium north end zone Arrogant Sooner, as a poor who once snuck into the south end zone, it's nice AF. <laughs> so even the poors, uh, if they want to sneak somewhere in the stadium, they are going to the south end zone. All right, well, uh, you guys sold me. You will continue to make fun of me for sitting over there in the south end zone during the game, but um, I didn't hear one thing that makes me think I want to sit somewhere else. Golly, it sounds like uh, I, everyone needs to try and buy season tickets over there. That's that's the spot to be, apparently. So you should have, I mean, we should have talked about this off air and tried to thrown everybody's scent off, and then we could have taken advantage of the newfound openings in the south end zone. You know, if if everybody who listens to this show is now going to try and move their season tickets to the south end zone, I mean, come on. we got, we got to be a little smarter about that, Ty. Yeah, I, what, what's the, uh, like, the SEC ticket allotment? Like, I think they require more of an allotment to visiting schools, correct? Um, don't give them any seats in the south end zone. And I don't know if there's any seats in the south end zone to be had, but I think we got to stick with 
sitting them in – where are they right now? They're in the northeast corner, mm-hmm. and they're up in the uh, upper east side deck. So Arkansas and LSU and Bama fans, they're going to get more of an allotment than the uh, Big 12 schools, but I say we give them the worst seat in the house. Stick them up way up top in the east side. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, I, and that northeast side is – of course, always good because that's where the band has to like you know come up and they kind of block traffic there for a little while. It, it can be a bit of an inconvenience occasionally. We want to do everything we can as as little as petty, you know, to inconvenience the fans that are coming. None of this, hey, kumbaya, here we go. No, this is this is cutthroat. Once we go to the SEC, someone said I, I lost. Oh, here it is. The south end zone is for Edmund people. From the nine one eight. That's funny. Yeah, do I got to wear slacks over there or something? Slacks and a tucked in polo. If that's the case, then no deal. I, I don't know if I'll be rolling with that on game day. Uh, right, now my buff- now my mom texts me. I want to go to the South Side. Geez, yeah. see what you guys have done. Yeah, I've always had a good time <laughs> in the Southwest Side. So okay, very good. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Everyone likes the uh, everyone likes the South End Zone. That's great. I, I was gonna wait to purchase them until tonight, Travis. This was almost like a commercial. They'll probably be gone by the time I get home around seven p.m. tonight. Yeah. So yeah, that's your fault. Man. Ran you ran my mouth and look what happens. I'll be sitting in the upper deck on the east side now instead. Unfortunately. Jeez. All right, keep the text coming. We'll get to uh, more college football coming up next, a little uh, OU spring practice scuttle session, what's been going on at spring practice for OU. We'll hit that more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Signing day here at the Moore Norman Technology Center. MNTC offers over 30 career programs you can complete in two to four semesters. Check them out, mntc.edu. Uh, you can limit this to one. You can do two, three, no more than three, though. But, like, who's the name right now throughout spring ball that is maybe being mentioned the most as they're having a big-time spring. And maybe not someone such as Danny Stutzman or Billy Bowman that you wouldn't be surprised to hear, but maybe someone that's been down the roster, maybe someone that is a newcomer. Like, what what names are we hearing more than the others so far throughout spring? I will take Josiah Wagner in this. Um, Hearing fantastic things uh, that he's – you know, almost in a good way, constantly, uh, you know, getting into it, scrapping, being physical. One of those guys that it sounds like he's going to want to hit somebody in a different uniform very quickly because from everything I've heard, he is carving out perhaps some minutes as a true freshman in a secondary that seems to be pretty well you know, pretty deep. So, uh, you know, you look at guys like Macari Vickers and Josiah Wagner and guys like that that have an opportunity to try and supplant some guys to try and uh, maybe maybe get maybe back up Woody Washington or something like that. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been one of the more popular names, and he may not even start. It could be Gentry um, opposite of Woody Washington this year. So, Yeah, I expect well, Gentry to start personally. Yeah. I think he'll start. Corner depth could actually be – got a chance to actually be pretty good this year. Safety depth and corner depth, like just kind of a secondary as a whole, if you figure out that cheetah spot, then you could be you could be really good kind of towards the uh, 
the back end of your defense. I think Nick Anderson is a name that you've heard um, s- some good things about. Kobe McKenzie, we've talked about him today. I'll, I'll say Nick Anderson. I don't know if he is thought of as the front runner for wide receiver number one. I think Farouk can still be in that in, in that category, but it sounds like Nick Anderson, what you've wanted to see from him so far this spring, he's, he's starting to live up to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And, and you know, it's I'm, – I'm, I'm trying to think – when you initially asked me the question, I'm trying to think of names we hadn't – we haven't really mentioned much. Um, I'll say Kelvin Gilliam um, was – um, I think Todd Bates was the one that said he's kind of the the perfect, like the most coachable person um, that that maybe in his room. Uh, Kelvin Gilliam, obviously, they packed a ton of weight onto that dude. Um, so hopefully, you know, they're probably balancing right now. Okay, we got to make sure he maintains his athleticism, um, but still want to have that force from him. So. Who knows, maybe Kevin Gilliam kind of pushes Isaiah Cohen, Jordan Kelly, and Jacob Lacey and those kind of guys. Now Jonah Laulu uh, for those interior spots. Uh, Topher says, anything being said about Devon Sears Jr.? I think I heard um, Todd Bates say something about Devon mm-hmm. Sears earlier mm-hmm. this week, right? I, I don't, He didn't go on and on about him. He was kind of mentioned in, in really kind of in terms of the group, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was mentioned. Um, one more from the 405 before we hit the top of the hour. Sad part is the best one isn't even on campus yet. Wait till Jacoby Johnson hits campus. He's a freak and will dog some dudes in that secondary room. So we have the uh, leader for all the Jacoby Johnson stock right now. Mm-hmm. Final hour of the rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. From the gridiron to the hardwood to the diamond, no one covers the Sooners like we do. If it's Sooner Sports, we have you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. This is the home of Sooner fans. 